No, Nam, not again. My guy, Nam, not again. Why, why, why does this keep happening to him? Plus, Banani is here and they are already making a massive impact. Jay and Michelle are pitted between friend groups. Nelson continues to be an absolute national treasure. Protect Nelson at all costs. Casey gets to return to the game. Jordan gets added to the game. Turbo has no respect left for anyone at this point. And Horacio shows off the skills in both TJ and Laurel are taking notice. It's the challenge. Ride or dies episode two recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then I am here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight on today's pod, tonight's pod, whenever you may be listening to it. It's tonight if you're here with me right now. We are discussing all things Ride or Dies episode number two. We're into the second episode. Banani is here. Things are taking off. Things are looking a little more normal with the vets taking control of the game back from this major rookie alliance. And a lot of good stuff is happening. A lot to talk about. Talk about it all we will. Same agenda as last week and as you usual for an episode recap cliff notes recap touching on all the big storylines of the episode some awards to hand out some power rankings to update some predictions to look at for next week that's what we got quick programming reminders before we begin this will be the last podcast for one full week as a reminder next monday we are off as far as the rewatch series goes for one single week so that i can do a little travel, honestly. We got a big wedding coming up this weekend for a good friend, but also so I can get a little caught up. Now that we're 20 seasons in, there's a few things we got to catch up on as far as the rewatch series and cataloging all of those seasons and episode goes. So I'm going to get caught up. You should use this time as well. If you haven't listened to any of the rewatch series, if you haven't went back and binged that season that you love so much and you didn't get to, but you already listened to the pod, Either way, you've got time to catch up as well. We will be back two Mondays from now to start with the greatest era of challenge seasons ever, which we might have already entered with Cutthroat. If you listen to that, you know my feelings there now. But Rivals will be here two Mondays from now. We're talking all things Rivals, and then we'll do the next 10 seasons, Rivals the Dirty 30, the next 10 Mondays, nine and a half Mondays, the rest of the way this calendar year. So, We'll be off for one week from tonight to next Wednesday when we will have the next Ride or Dies recap, and then the following week we're back to rewatch and Ride or Dies both every single week. The other place you can find me, though, for the next foreseeable future is Saturday mornings on the Most Likely 2 podcast feed. If you are like me and you're back in on Survivor, maybe you've always been on in on Survivor, but either way, you're watching both. Hopefully, challenge first. Let's, let's try to help those ratings, those lowering ratings as much as we can can and watch challenge first DVR survivor, but I'm talking all things survivor every single week over with page on most likely to those come out Saturday morning. So if you need more of this historian, you can get it there. All right, there we go. We got all that out of the way. Let's dive on in. Let's talk Banani being back. Let's talk turbo. Just 
being a lot. Let's talk Laurel finding a new guy to catch her eye. Let's talk all of it. Let's start with the Cliff Notes recap. First thing we must do, as always, is our Cliff Notes recap. We got to cover all the plot. There's always a lot this episode. Certainly uh, the same as any challenge episode, really, especially any early season challenge episode with as much random stuff going on as this one, as many twists and turns as these early episodes take in these modern seasons. We got a lot to cover as quickly as we can. Everything that happened plot-wise, episode two, season 38, Ride or Dies, here we go. Nani and Bananas are here and officially joining the game, and that's got vets excited, rookies nervous, and Turbo kind of torn. He hates one, he loves the other. At the house, Bananas is rooming with Devin, of all people, who says he's actually honestly happy to see him. Nani gets the lay of the game from Tori and Laurel before telling them both about her mother's recent passing and what this season is going to mean to her. We then get Jay working out with Johnny and Horacio, clearly making it known where his friendships lay in the house. And then Tori and Devin have a heart to heart about Tori's mental struggles since her breakup with Jordan a year and a half prior and how she's proud of the progress she has made and the help she has received. Hey, we're proud of you too, Tori. Way to go. Off to the Daily Challenge where we find out Emmy quit the game. So Nam also had to go home too, but to replace them, We've brought back Casey and Kenny from quarantine. We actually find that out at the end of the daily challenge. I digress. They all play balancing act, jump in the water, swim to individual ladders to climb up on top of containers on opposite sides of a tilting platform. Use a swing rope to swing out onto the middle platform. Get both partners on. Balance it out evenly to stop your time. If you fall, you DQ. The fastest time will win. Olivia and Horacio started off with a flying time. TJ taking note of how killer this rookie duo looks. Then just about everyone else fails. Like... All of them fall one after the other. Many, many falls in a row. In the end, four teams do complete it, but it's Bananas and Nani who take home the win on their first daily of the season. Back at the house, Nani asked Turbo if what she heard about him maybe wanting to go into the eliminations is correct, to which he just talks over her, walks away, never gives a straight answer, and it generally is aggressive and annoying. It's pretty aggressive. It's silly behavior from him. Bananas and Nani then decide they are going to throw in Turbo because of all this, but want to pick three other teams that are in alliance to break it up, and they decide to set their sights on Johnny, Jay, and Horacio as buddies, throw them in together, make one say another's name. During interrogations, we learn Nani and Michelle are better friends than I knew from last season, and Banana's mistrust of Jay, but Nani and Michelle being friends is making things a little complicated between these two teams. We go to the bar where Nani and Michelle patch things up while Laurel sets her sight on rookie hotshot Horacio, who is lucky that Laurel starts the conversation because, in his words, he's too shy to do it himself. After Turbo puts on some clone, we head to the zone, where Bananas and Nani select Turbo and Tamara as expected. It's time to do the draw then, and both Raven and Johnny and Horacio and Olivia draw blanks, leaving the safety pick to Michelle and Jay, who are relieved, but have a hard choice. In the end, Jay is okay, showing his true alliance, not wanting to backstab a friend as Michelle would like him to do. They decide to save Johnny and Raven, sending Olivia and Horacio into elimination to face Tamara and Turbo. Those two teams play Memory Lane, a big game of memory where the partners alternate running into the massive board to try to find a match. First to get the 12 matches wins. The entire house, I mean the entire house, ends up helping Olivia and Horacio remember their blocks, leading to a massive win and an early exit from a past champion in Turbo and his partner, Tamara. Before the episode ends, though, TJ does a classic fakeout saying they can go, then wait, you've got to come back, and then bringing in none other than Jordan Wisely himself to enter the game next week. 
Storylines abound this episode, as usual, with a good season, which so far this season, I would say, is a very good season. Two episodes in, I'm really enjoying what I am seeing. And as with an early part of a good season, there's a hell of a lot of storylines to talk about, but there's only one obvious one to start with. It is where the episode itself started. It's where the episode ended. It's what the majority of the episode was about, the obvious star of the episode, and that was Nani. And also that other guy, Bananas, the goat, as he says, and I've been known to say from time to time, Nani and Bananas, Banani, they're back. They've entered the game. We saw it at the end of last week. We opened with it this week. They win the daily. They're the main part of the episode. Nani, by far, is, you know, blows away the confessional booth the whole episode long. We get a lot of backstory with someone who we've known for so many years, and yet there's always one of the great things about the challenge and the great things about getting to know these people over years and years and years and care about them deeply is that when we learn about, you know, whether it's tragedy in their life, which unfortunately we hear about here in this episode, or you know, great joys or positive things or just changes or just whatever, anything that's new, anything that's different, these are these are like our friends now, as weird as that is, from watching from home. We've we've watched these people grow up, we've watched them change so much, we've watched them for so many hours on end of television that it just it matters a lot when they come into the game and it matters even more when they have such an immediate impact on the game and it makes for a great episode they're the biggest uh story of the episode for sure their impact is immediate not only when they first get there it takes literally two seconds maybe less i don't know how many seconds there was between them getting to the top of the stairs to the platform before laurel is just like so here's what's going down yeah okay i'll give you a hug but here's what's going down this person just went home they beat got beat by this person this person he's a rookie you don't know him he's got the same name as you but he just threw everyone in she just lays it out before they can even hug everyone before they can even say what's up before you know tj can even be like i mean you guys can leave now. Like it's just, they're filled in immediately. Clearly they are going to change the game. We get back to the house. Devin and bananas are rooming together, which is amazing and wonderful. And as was expected uh, by myself and many others going into, you know, coming out of last week and seeing bananas enter the game the way he did and seeing where things fell last week and how the alliances was like, Whoa, there's kind of a lot more rookies than we thought, and there's kind of not actually that strong of a vet presence until these other people enter the game that we know we're going to enter them. But now that they have, we see you know Devin openly admit, hey, I'm actually glad to see you. Can you believe that? There, I'm glad you're in my room. I'm glad it's just the two of us because guess what, buddy? We're going to have to run this game together. There's not a lot of elders of us to go around. It's kind of this is what it's going to be. So they have the impact that way. They're already immediately looked at as like, all right, let's get this vet group going. Bananas and Devin have their talk, have, you know, go to a room. Nani goes straight to Laurel and Tori with Casey not there as like, you're the two vet women I need to talk to. We get a couple of other side note moments uh, from the bar night or just kind of some moments at the daily around the house. We see Tori and Laurel, you know, next to each other talking kind of in the background a couple different times. It seems like those two have a solid relationship or at least uh, once they got in the house and realized there wasn't their regular group of people that they would never normally maybe gravitate to. They were like, ooh, badass female veteran, badass female veteran. We haven't actually really played together, have we? We've only done the one season together, and I wasn't there, there that long because TJ kind of screwed me over in that elimination. Yeah, okay, great. We're teaming up. Anyways, I digress. That's a little side thing, but 
Nani and Bananas both assert their dominance over the game politically immediately. Then we get the tragedy that is referenced. We find out about Nani having lost her mother recently. Um, if you follow her, you know, on social, these uh, her or others in the challenge world, you may or may not have been aware of this already. Um, I personally, I was aware of it. I had totally forgotten about it. And so this moment didn't lose any of its impact. It was incredibly, you know, heartfelt moment, uh, definitely gets the emotions stirred up listening to her talk about it. And is one of those things that, you know, can be great about a show like the challenge or any reality show that even in, you know, in moments of tragedy that we get to, like, like I said before, we know Nani so well, Nani's like our best friend, even though I and many of you listening, probably all of you listening, depending what challenge mania events or challenge related events you may have uh, uh, gone to in the past, have never met the woman before, but we know her so well from so many years. And so this tugs at the heartstrings big time. She mentions, you know, having her mother's maiden name put on a necklace that she's wearing um, and that, you know, her mom wanted, would have wanted her to be there and that even though she got there and thought Casey was going to be there now Casey isn't there Casey would want her to be there she wants to be there she wants to you know do this one for all these people in her life it's a wonderful wonderful little moment and then they win the daily challenge and just assert right away we're you know we're the team to be reckoned with for sure and Nani mentions you know uh Nani no scrub ever in the past uh for sure mentions I've been put trying like working out hard, putting on some muscle, knowing that like I was lacking in a few areas that I'm trying to get even better the further into my challenge career I got. So she's taking this seriously. She shows out, banana shows out, they get to win. And then they become the focal point even more than they already were because they're in the power position and bananas reads the game right away perfectly. That veteran savvy between the two of them. Yes, I'm sure. They had some discussions, especially like knowing Bananas and Devin were in the room together. There's too much going on in this episode to put everything on film that they might have had on film. So maybe it's a Devin uh, saying to Bananas. Maybe it's all of the vets talking together. Or maybe it's just his own veteran savvy reading the game immediately in the rules of the game and having that experience, having been there on Dirty 30 to know how this exact situation can work the best or, you know, when you're in the position of power and they go into that deliberation and he says right away, all right, we got, we got Turbo and uh, Tamara, we're putting them in, which obviously going to talk about them, the other big storyline in a moment here, but he says, we were putting them in. Good. We've got three other teams to pick. We need to pick three people who are friends because then one of them has to say the other's name and we could possibly put some bad blood within an alliance and be two for two. We need someone who can beat Turbo, but also we need to create bad blood in an alliance that is going to be working against us. Perfect read of the game. Veteran knowledge at play there. Maybe it was all him. Maybe it was all Nani. Maybe it was the two of them together. Maybe it was the other vets being like, hey, we saw this go through one time and now we know what's up and here's how to do this. I don't know, but either way, somehow, some way, the collective veterans lead to a very smart and accurate decision by Bananas and Nani to put in who they put in. They play it correctly. They kill this episode, one episode in, massive impact from Banani. Now, obviously, in tandem with Banani winning the Daily Challenge, asserting their dominance, getting to pick, we have in tandem with that storyline 
the second storyline, which is the turbo kind of sucks. And I probably am being kind by using the word kind of because turbo sucks this episode and seems to have sucked this whole season long because I don't feel like I'm going out on too much of a limb here to say that we what we are seeing is the best of of whatever happened in the house and everything happened to the house. Not the worst, not anything in the middle, not a mix of the good and the bad. I think we're seeing the best of Turbo in the house and his interactions and how people felt about him and interacted with him and he with them. I can only imagine that how uncomfortable this may truly have been for Almost everyone, if not everyone, in the house for just the way he was acting, the how easily he was feeling disrespected or feeling, you know, threatened in some way or anything else, or just the idea that he clearly came to this house like I'm the king of the challenge. You know, he says multiple times, like, I hate Johnny Bananas. I respect him because he's a seven-time champion, but I hate that guy or whatever. So like he only respects champions, essentially, and barely at that. He also hates them, and there's not that many of them to go around in this house, honestly. Um, and given that, you know, everyone, you know, in the last week since the opening episode and since Turbo had the moment, see that we talked about last week, there's been a lot of conversation online, on Reddit, social media, everywhere about, like, man, what happened to Turbo? War of the Worlds 1 Turbo was this, like, sweet, kind, like, very quiet, like, I just protect Nani and do well in challenges, that's what I do, kind of guy, and a couple smart people have pointed out that, uh, there's a good reason we might have seen the edit that we saw that season, and that's because he won, and they knew they had a rookie champion, uh, the hardest challenge they'd ever put together, the hardest final they'd ever put together, certainly, and you're going to edit that a certain way. You're not going to go with, hey, here's this rookie, and he's a huge dick. Guess what? He sucks. Like Everyone hates him in the house, and but he actually is going to end up winning the season, so you're not going to do that. You're going to paint him the best light you possibly can so that you can, you know, have him again on future seasons. And, uh, yeah, they, I think there's still some of that at play here of like, there's no way around any of this stuff of showing any of this is how it was. It's how he seemed to be the entire time. But I honestly think there was even more, you know, like uncomfortable, awkward, stressful, aggressive moments probably that we're not seeing and probably why everyone in the house, not just from like, you know, Laurel being like this thing happened on the boat or Nani in this moment being like, what the hell is going on here? How is this guy? Like, how can we not communicate? Like we're supposed to be really good friends and allies in this game. I'm guessing there was a lot of shit like this going on all the time. Tamara is truly trapped. Let's go there. Uh, like, holy shit. She, she seems trapped. Um, and, uh, it's even alluded to by the fact that the producers in confessional make her say that she's not trapped, but it just makes it sound even more like she is. I, I'm, I'm sitting down turbo. Why don't you act like Where an adult go? and Exit. sit the f down? Come Tamara. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh my God. Tamara. I'm coming turbo. I'm coming. Hey, don't listen them. I don't feel voiceless at all. The problem was like I made a promise to Turbo of how we were gonna handle the situation. He's my ride or die. I'm here with him and my loyalty stands with him. So I don't know what's going on there because she honestly seems lovely, also seems like a really good competitor. Like she does well in the end of this in the memory thing. Like she 
does really well, just given the fact the other team has the entire house working for them. There was no chance they were going to win, but she does great swimming out, climbs up like faster in turbo, and it's not like he's going slow or nothing. Um, just and she somehow, some way, you know, when she she does fall in DQ in the daily challenge, but she holds on one arm on each rope for like three seconds, which sounds like nothing, but stretched between two ropes like that, holding yourself up even for one second, uh, let alone for two or three before finally being like, all right, this is over. I guess I messed up. We got to fall here is kind of impressive. Um, I feel for her. I doubt we'll ever see her again on the show, but I wish her the best. And I hope that uh, this this wasn't a real ride or dies relationship. You could feel free to uh, to let that one that relationship ride out into the sunset if you're her. Um, back to the strategy of all this and why it's just so silly in the, like it's aggressive, it's weird, um, it's off-putting, but it's also just really dumb gameplay because all Turbo had to do, Nani comes straight to him and says, look, I heard you wanted to go into elimination, so if you actually do, you could help your ally out by saying, yes, I really want to go in, and like then I could throw you in and no one gets mad at me, or you could say, I don't want to go in and I won't put you in, and all he has to do is say, no, I do not want to go in yet. And by the way, I respect you and want you to win if I don't. And boom, it's done. It's done. Nani doesn't do it. She doesn't put him in. And it's just all rookie, rookie pairs down there. And we keep it moving. And Bananas is like, hey, I don't like that guy. And he doesn't like me. And no one likes him. And Nani's like, yeah, but I'm the only one he likes. And so he'll vote with us in the future if there's like voting situation or if that matters in any way. He won't go against us. Blah, 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 blah. And he doesn't go in. All he has to do is say, no, I don't want to go in. And yes, I still like you and respect you. And that's it. He just, all that's all he has to do is say, no, I don't want to go into elimination. And he can't even say, no, I don't want to go in. That's it. And it's just, it's ridiculous. And the final thing on this is on War of the Worlds 1 and even War of the Worlds 2, uh, because they were filmed very quickly back to back. And I don't believe, I could be completely wrong on this, um, but I don't believe Turbo had spent like a lot of time in uh, the States prior to that. Um, and I forget where Turbo is originally from or what show he's from either um, from that country. But in his first two seasons, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, the cultural differences that could be at play of like when he gets upset about respect or like you are trying to act better than him or in any way threaten him in any way that there was clearly a like cultural gap of where he had grown up versus what, you know, what kind of the standard American culture is or whatever. And that was a real thing. I think that was a very real thing. And that was to give some grace and some leeway to turbo of like, Hey, like some of this stuff doesn't fly. Um, but like, I know we're kind of, you're new here and there's these differences. And, and so like, let's, let's see you recognize and realize those and kind of a little bit get with like our cultural norms on some of these specific things that are, that matter a lot to, to us, like how to respect each other and how to treat, treat people, uh, with decency and the cultural difference thing was a real excuse and that really did matter and it mattered to me and I tried to always you know take take that into effect when I was you know considering him on his first season and his second season even but at this point he's been living in the states in LA for 
years at this point. He's been on the show three times, and generally, I just kind of expect him to have gotten a little more comfortable interacting, communicating, and respecting other people. Um, and he doesn't seem to have done much of that. And it's a shame because he's a hell of a competitor. He won the hardest final of all time, and that is that is no small feat. His championship is, if if they were weighted differently for how hard they were to win, his championship on War of the World 1s is, is as big of a championship as anyone's ever won. It's the hardest final and one of the hardest full seasons, and he did it as a rookie, and it's incredible, and he's a hell of a competitor, a hell of an athlete. And uh, all that doesn't really matter. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, no one in the house deserved to deal with that shit. Most of all, not Nani, but not anyone. And uh, so I'm glad that uh, that he and his partner, who I feel bad for, but it is what it is. I'm glad they're gone. But also, the helping of this level, this caliber of help, this amount of help is absurd, and I don't like it. I know it's part of the game. I know that it is part of the game. It just is. And I agree with any time it's a, but it's part of the game in the world of the challenge. I agree with it. I'm uh, of the same thinking that a Wes Bergman is and likes to share a lot when he says you deal with all the elements of the games. The game is not meant to be fair. It's called the challenge for a reason. Make it harder. Make it sillier. Make it more unfair. I'm with all of that. Almost always, and I still even am in this case, but a major part of me, if not most of me, is. And I also know it, this is only happening because Turbo literally pissed off everyone in the house, and that if he wouldn't have done that, that maybe a Laurel is spitting enough to help out Horacio, but if he doesn't piss off everyone in the house, Bananas isn't going in full-blown coach mode on his way to there and during the elimination. Devin isn't yelling out answers. None of that's happening if Turbo doesn't make everyone uncomfortable and piss everyone off. So I know that that means it's also he, this is happening to him and his partner because of bad gameplay and that they lost this because of bad gameplay, not because the whole house helped Horacio and Olivia, but because they had bad gameplay causing the whole house to want to help the other team. I know all of those things, but I still don't like it. It still feels really dumb. I'm super torn because obviously I would, would never, you know, the the solution, if you will, to that is like, if you don't like it, then they shouldn't allow it. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want that at all either. I don't need more rules in the challenge house. I need the rules that do exist to be clearly and transparently stated. That would be wonderful, but I don't need more of them. And uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, as I watched it, I was like, yeah, I, I right now I would like for the sake of the show, I would like, in the sake of all the cast members living in that house back when they were living there and this was being filmed, I would like Turbo to be gone. And I like Olivia a lot. I like Horacio a lot. I think they're going to be really good for this show, so I want them to stay. So I was all about the result being what the result was. I just don't feel great about how we ended up there. And again, I know that it's their own fault and bad gameplay, bad strategy, bad politics and social, bad social gameplay, just being a dick got them in the situation they were in is the reason they are going home. And I know that it's part of the game, but I know also that there's a big part of me that still doesn't like when it's a memory game and it's, you know, 12 people versus two people. The final team and story of consequence is, of course, Michelle and Jay. We reference them when talking about Team Banani. 
Michelle's so fantastic. Is Michelle not so unbelievably fantastic for this show? Thank goodness they brought her back. I'm so happy she is back. I hope she does many, many seasons in the future. I love having Michelle in the Challenge House, and I feel the exact same way about Jay. This team's great. I loved it coming in. Loved it episode one. Loved it episode two. Um, I did not know Michelle and Nani were buddies. That's great. Um, that's wonderful. In fact, you know, great. Friends are great. Uh, these two are both. I like both of them. So now they're friends, and that's wonderful. Didn't pick up on that last season. Michelle wasn't around super long, so it was a little harder to pick up on that. And, you know, vets versus rookies thing. All that stuff was going down. Um, are those tears? How real are the tears, though, in the confessional? And I ain't hating at all. I am not hating on them if they were, you know, there was a little extra, like, we got to turn the dial up here. We're in uh, we're in danger zone. We got to turn the dial up. Maybe we go from, like, I was going to get emotional about this, but I'm going to full-blown make sure that we get the tears going down the cheeks here for this. Either way, um, I love it. <laughs> that performance and interrogation was amazing. We had seen... A brief clip of that in the trailers, um, which had me legit nervous when we then saw it this episode. And I was like, "Wait a minute, shoot! Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like this part of my brain." But the part of my brain that's dissecting the trailer, and now what I'm seeing is telling me that this is the moment we saw Michelle in the trailer, and now she's going to go home. Thankfully, that was not the case. Or you know, thankfully, if you're like me and a big fan of Michelle and Jay, and want them to want them to make it far on this season. Loved the performance and interrogation. And then their decision they have to make is the biggest decision of the episode, uh, much more so than Bananas and Nani, is Jay and Michelle's decision. I don't know that they had a good one. I don't know that either one of these was like, hey, if we pick this team, things are going to be great for us politically and socially in the house. And if we pick this team, things are going to be shit for us. It was not that. I think either way they went, there was going to be a lot of struggle to come in the future for them because they had been caught, you know, as they say via confessional, I believe maybe it's Jay, maybe it's Michelle. It's one of them, clearly one of the two of them in confessional early in this episode says that, you know, Jay's over here working with the rookie guys. Michelle is getting in with as many vets as she can. And they're working both sides of the table here a little bit. And that got seen and called out immediately by, I suppose, all of the vets who were there last week and, you know, have seen so far, like, hey, Jay and Johnny clearly are boys outside the show. They know each other. And it feels like if anyone was in with the rookies on the thing they did last week, it's him. Um, and then Bananas and Nani pick up on it very, very quickly as well. But they ultimately, I think, make the right decision in, in not that either of them is going to help them super much. I don't think if they pick Horacio and Olivia, it's suddenly like Bananas and Nani are like, great, you're with us. You're with the vets. Great, wonderful, amazing, because uh, I, I don't think that would happen. And even if that somehow did happen, Johnny and Raven are winning the elimination because everyone helps them the same way they helped Olivia and Horacio. And then your boys coming back in like, you fucked me over. Now all the rookies are against you and you're on that side and you're at the bottom of that side. So I think they make the right decision, the best decision they could of just saying like, we got into this position and as much as, you know, Michelle, your alliances, you wanted to be over here. We, I did some stuff over here last week and now we're, we're on this side, whether we like it or not, the shit already went down and we've been pitted on this side and that's how it's going to go. And no one's going to let us come to the other side and move anywhere up the totem pole and the rankings with them and that alliance. So might as well stick with this one, might as well prove our loyalty to one of your buddies. 
who has proven already they won the daily challenge last week. They've proven they can win a daily. And uh, now they're firmly on, you know, team youth, if you will, because it's more than just the rookies. It's also then, you know, Michelle on her second season, Jay on his third. They're they're just team youth first super vets. Youth first super vets is pretty much how this is breaking down. So I think they made the right decision. And I think if no more vets were coming into the game, then I think they'd be in a really good position. But the fact that we on the outside know that more vets are coming into this game, two more pairs of super vets that are certainly not going to work. I guess I shouldn't say certainly. I've never had even thought of the idea until now. I hadn't crossed my mind that Veronica Durrell, Anissa, and Jordan would ever in a million years work with the youthful side of this thing. But I don't know. It's not like they have perfect relationships with uh, everyone on the veteran side of the house. So maybe, but I doubt it. And so because more vets are coming in, I feel like Jay and Michelle are kind of screwed. But if they weren't, if in as in this moment, they don't know that those are happening. We do. We have, you know, on the outside, we have some extra inside info. But uh, I think this they would be they'd be in a great spot if more vets weren't coming. They're kind of in a complete shit spot because they are. few other quick hit items, a uh, little quick notes from the episode before we get to the awards, just so in case the awards don't help us bring up these little moments, we will be able to do so here. So super duper quick through just a list of different things that were noteworthy during the episode. Tori, first and foremost here. Love Tori's openness. I uh, love her, you know, her vulnerability, talking about her struggles post, you know, engagement breakup with Jordan being open about the fact that she needed help. And thankfully, she she got the help and it was the right help that she needed. And it's having a positive effect on her life. Um, and the medication she's on are helping her in a real way. I love hearing that I love, you know, I love hearing that she is doing better. And I love the willingness to let us in and be vulnerable and, you know, and share this not only with Devin there in the moment, her partner and one of her best friends, but also clearly, obviously, there's a camera in her face, us at home. Um, so that's a really wonderful moment. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed her being willing to talking about that. And it's, you know, mental health, very important topic. And the more people who can serve, be serving as role models or more times we can shine a spotlight on like, hey, you like this person, you, you know, you like this show, whatever, like, we're going to talk about this thing in a positive light and put a positive spin uh, on like that this is the right way to handle these things. Like if you need some help, go get the help. The help's good. That's what it's for. Don't be afraid of that or ashamed of that or anything. So I just like the spotlight that's put on there. And obviously also from a show perspective with Jordan coming in at the end of the episode, them highlighting this conversation and these struggles is just clear, you know, a good job by them, uh, by, you know, teeing up this storyline ready-made for next week for, uh, what might go down. Laurel has never been afraid to initiate a conversation with a man that catches her eye or a woman for that matter. Uh, C CT Jordan, Nicole, and now Horacio. Um, I like, I like this. I do know from the trailer and the many people who have broken down frame by frame, the trailer that uh, also uh, 
in, you know, Laurel's history, there's been a couple times where maybe there's a couple people that catch your eye at the same times. And uh, it seems like Horacio maybe isn't the only one that my guy Fessy may sneak in there. So I don't know. But so far, I like I loved the conversation between the two of them. Laurel's got great taste, uh, always has seemingly always will um and anyone who you know mutually feels that way back towards laurel also has great taste because laurel is amazing speaking of horacio showing what he has at the daily challenge and the elimination but more so the daily challenge love to see someone that we thought would be an absolute killer actually coming in and proving to be just that so that was wonderful to see right away like we came in thinking like just based on the look of this guy knowing his background knowing the show he's been on before like this seems like an absolute stud coming into the game we need as many of those as we can get and boom right away proven to be just that love it speaking of that daily challenge that Horacio crushed, crushed. it looked a lot like uh, the location of a very similar daily challenge that I remember from the Challenge USA back when we learned that that bum from New Jersey, whose name I will not speak because of what he did to Desi in the finals, uh, was afraid to swing across a rope onto a container. And uh, King Leonidas himself, the Elimination King, uh, Leo, you know, had his moment of uh, being scared to jump in the water because of a fall off a boat or whatever it was when he was a kid. It all looks very similar, huh? Uh, You remember, this is one of those moments where, like, oh, yeah, they filmed this season in the same exact place that they filmed the Challenge USA. And if we ever get to hopefully see them here in the States, the Challenge Argentina and Australia and UK and just because they're not staying in the same house the MTV side got a legit house a badass house the USA side got a kind of shitty warehouse but they're filming most of these things in the exact same spot and some of the dailies are going to look incredibly similar with small tweaks to them so this one it just uh, brought up a bunch of memories and uh, was worth shouting out and also speaking of on the topic of the daily challenges Nelson is a treasure Nelson finds a way every episode to show that he is a national treasure and should be protected at all costs. He's the best. I love Nelly T so much. Um, Producers, lay the fuck off. Let the man live, okay? It was one thing the first week to be like, hey, we're going to bring this outside storyline of this amazing streak, this all-time, no one could ever even come within half of this streak of losing daily challenges and bring them in. She still should have given challenge stats or others or someone at least, but challenge stats specifically, a shout-out when they brought that up. But it was one thing to bring it up last week. Now it seems like this is going to be a thing every single daily challenge. And if it's a thing every single daily challenge, it's a thing that where I'm going to be upset every single daily challenge, and I am not going to like it, and you shouldn't either because Nelson is perfect. Lay off. Finally, Casey and Kenny are back. We knew this would happen because she was all over the trailer. We said last week, yeah, they got sent out, but they're obviously coming back in because she and he, but mostly she, was very prevalent in the trailer, and we know they're going to do more this season. So uh, we knew that was coming, but also that means they entered the game again because someone left, and that leads me to the last thing, which is Nam. Poor Nam. (sighs) I know everyone has said and spoiled and made very clear Nam and his partner, Emmy, uh, if anyone wasn't a ride or die on this season called ride or dies, it was Emmy and Nam. They maybe literally met 
when they like went to film the show. Uh, that That's the accusation being put out there. Who knows? I apologize to one of my favorite human beings on earth, Nam, if that is not true and you and Emmy are true, were or are or whatever, true ride or dies. But regardless, his partner quits. We don't even get to see it. TJ doesn't even have the heart to say anything because they're not even there and he's just like this is silly like what the hell's going on and i think maybe hopefully a small part of him is also like the nom guy seems pretty legit but uh it, he just gets screwed every time this is the third time in a row first he's partnered with lolo and that's a mess both of their fault everyone's fault production fault everyone i'm not putting that all on lolo or nothing but it's a mess, regardless, if we can all be honest, it was a mess. And then they both get hurt and they both leave the game. And then he gets COVID last season and gets kicked out. And then this season, his partner just quits and they just he has to leave. So here's my wish, challenge casting and production. Please, I know you've given three tries and it just it feels like his challenge career is snake bitten and that's that's tough. And especially for an international player who you're like, you know, fans didn't have a connection with him going in. So maybe if this happened to someone who like people were hyped up to see on this show before, you know, we'd give him another chance. I get all that. He needs one more chance, but do not, do not bring Nam back to a season that is teams or pairs. Individual seasons only, please. Put Nam on one, give him one more shot on a purely individual season so no one can quit on him no one can get hurt on him it's up to him and hopefully maybe we're far enough past COVID he doesn't get stuck in a quarantine too many times and kicked out for that give Nam one more shot but only on an individual season please and thank you I love you Nam time to hand out some hardware we've got three awards same as always best quote best moment episode mvp let's dive right on into the best quote of the episode six nominees starting in chronological order as always with olivia who crushes it in the daily challenge but isn't thinking that that's how it's gonna go because she's a little bit nervous a little bit scared of heights but that's not the only thing that has her scared i'm good okay i am terrified of heights like I always make a joke, like, I'm scared of heights and love. Like, two things. Like, keep those away from me. <laughs> Now, for those who obviously all of you, essentially most of you, all of you just listening, and even those watching on YouTube where they don't allow me to show the clips of what just happened, you'll not, you'll remember from watching the episode that accompanied with that quote was uh, Nelson popping up next to her, edited into the picture in the confessional, kind of grinning, laughing, rubbing his hands together, all excited because Nellie T, as we learned last week, already just one look and was like, I guess that's who I'm going to be in love with this season and now he's the best second nominee turbo who had to do a front flip to start the daily challenge into the water because well i'll just let him explain everyone gonna jump normal you know but i cannot jump normal i am action movie actor i have to show some action that is his ambition in real life. That is what he's uh, pursuing out there in L.A. And uh, yeah, I, I will say it. Turbo would make a great, great villain in an action movie, a great henchman in any action movie. Great, great stuff. So uh, yeah, put him put him in the next John Wick, something like that. Would love to see it. Then we've got Nelson, back-to-back nominees from Nelson. First, explaining how in sync, how locked together he and his ride or die are. The relationship I have with Norris is perfect. 
I'm telling you, people, when we put our pants on, I put one leg in, Larice puts one leg in, and we zipping that thing up together, baby. That's called ride or die. I don't know that trying to fit in the same pair of pants is the best way to win a daily challenge, but hey, you know, uh, why? Who, who am I to say anything to the guy who's lost more daily challenges in a row than most competitors ever dream of getting to even participate in in their challenge career? Next up for Nelson, a second nomination for him, talking about Devin. Devin is shocking me. He's looking like an athlete. We're talking about Daddy Devin right now. Did I just call this guy Daddy? Oh my God. As someone who is not a fan of the word daddy and the overuse of the daddy in our lingo and culture here today, uh, the only one that's going to win me over with it was Nelson. Thought it was absolutely hilarious when he said it here about Devin and that he caught himself saying it in the moment. That's great. And speaking of Devin, that's our next nominee talking right after he and Tori did great, crushed one of the four teams to finish the daily challenge. His fingers were feeling a certain way, a feeling he weirdly was familiar with, and Tori really wondered why. Honestly, that was incredible. I couldn't have done that without you. Yeah? I'm so proud of you. I love you. My fingers Thank feel like so they much. have chlamydia. <laughs> I, Brutal. I hate you. How do you know that feels like? I've had it several times. I mean, I know they've already got their name, Team Dave, but at this point, Team Vulnerability, now they're really sharing, a little oversharing at this point from Devin and final nominee and the winner of this week's Quarter of the Week comes from Michelle. I've never been known to be like a chill girl. I'm not like cool as a cucumber. Like the dagger pick is a really weird element in this game. I'm freaking out and I want to put Jay on a collar and a leash and I want him to sit and stay and be a good boy and shut up. And I want to make sure that I have my dog under control here. Now, shout out to Michelle for immediately taking to social media the moment this aired and apologizing for Jay for calling him her dog, but she also says she loves her dogs immensely more than anyone else in the world, so it's all fair and good, and uh, I thought it was all fair and good too, and I thought it was fun and hilarious, and it was the the best quote of the entire week, so that goes to Michelle. Second award then, the best moment of the episode. I think we've talked about all of them, but we'll run through the nominees here just in case. Nani talking about losing her mom and what that, you know, meant to her and what this season means to her that entire moment that was all, you know, really, you know, really really sad but really really, you know, as someone we care about everything we said before. It was really heartfelt and uh um, you know, poignant and all all the other things. It was a it was a, a good moment for the episode. Next nominee, Tori and Devin talking about getting better mentally. The second of the two, you know, very emotional, very pulling at the heartstrings moments of the episode, but also very, you know, rewarding and for people that we like and we've come to know very well over the years, getting to see them, this vulnerability and everything, everything we said before, again, say it again, double it again, run it back, everything we said before. Both those moments nominated for the best of the week. Then third nominee, Nelson's Daily Challenge Run. Nelly T, first after the producers are mean to him, he, you know, runs, jumps, says he's learned to swim. And uh, by the way, he does, his swimming does look much improved. So shout out to him for that. He climbs up on top of the container. He does a little kind of dance almost across. He points to the, you know, to the people on the sidelines. He gives a little yell and he just runs. No, no prep, 
no stop and like figure out how to do this the, the best way. Just runs, jumps onto that swing, swings on over, goes flying off the swing, uh, lands, does a full 360, like spins kind of the wrong way to grab the rope, but gets a full barrel roll in there, grabs the rope anyways. The whole thing is just chaotic and wonderful, but he still gets on. The whole thing's great. Everyone's having a good time laughing, cheering. His partner ends up falling, but Nelson's daily challenge run, the whole thing. Wonderful moment of the week nominee. Fourth one, the Nani Turbo debacle of a conversation. Uh, you know, one of the biggest moments of the episode for sure, even if it was a little tough to watch at times. Then the draw proceedings, second week in a row. The draw, which I don't love that they're calling it the draw because that makes me think of free agents. I want them to call it something else. You don't have to call it the double cross because there's not actually a cross on the thing the way there was a double cross on Dirty 30, but it's the double cross is not the draw. If we're going off historic names here, regardless, the the blade double blade, the safety blade drawing proceedings for the second week in a row are amazing and wonderful and, you know, super, a lot of anticipation, a lot of suspense. Those are good. Those are nominated. And then the sixth and final nominee, Jordan's entrance. We've barely referenced it at all, but they bring Jordan in at the end. They bring him in. You know, clearly because of the obvious massive storyline of him and Tori, they have him enter by himself. And then I'm guessing right at the start of next episode, it'll be like, and of course, Jordan needs a partner. And, you know, here's Anissa, but we just wanted to have the moment and have it end on here's Jordan by himself. Boom. Storyline, Jordan, Tori. Holy cow. Can't believe this is happening. So I'm guessing that's why that happened. Those are your six nominees for the best moment. And guess what? is vulnerable and heartfelt as some of those moments were um, as big of a debacle and as big of a moment as that conversation between turbo and Nani might've been as much as I love the double cross. And I love Jordan wisely and him entering the game is amazing. I'm giving the moment of the week to Nelson's daily challenge run. Just am just am just gotta, you know, that's, that's what we're doing. It's a, it's a committee of one over here and that's who's getting the award as for episode MVP. We've got the full ballot. There's a clear-cut winner, but quickly we'll go top five. Tori is in fifth. Uh, high impact this episode, you know, filling in Bananas and Nani, being there for, you know, that moment with Nani, revealing everything about her mother. Tori having that moment with Devin. Uh, Tori and Devin doing well in the Daily Challenge and then ending the episode with the obvious holy cow. Now Jordan and Tori are in the house together. How's this going to go? She it makes a ballot for sure. Nelson in fourth. He finds a way to fit himself in. He has the best moment in my mind. Uh, has some other funny moments too. He's just very prevalent. He's a true professional, consummate professional at this show at this point. Knows how to make himself interesting and entertaining in the confessional booth if that's where it has to be to find his way into every episode and impact on every episode. Great job by him. Third place, Horacio kills it in the Daily Challenge. Does perfectly fine, uh, un, ungraded in the elimination, given the amount of help that they got is, you know, got caught Laurel's eye, which is no small feat. So he's doing a lot. Third place, second place to Michelle, the, the interrogation performance, the decision-making, the prevalence of her in the confessional booth, uh, just everything very prevalent, very good, very value add this episode, second place. But the clear winner, the obvious MVP of this episode, as much as this episode was about the entrance of Team Banani, it was about the entrance of Nani. It was Nani, 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 start to finish 
deservedly so, wonderfully so, entertainingly so, loved every bit of it, but there is no way around it. There is no zero argument to be had as objective of a pick as there could possibly be, and subjectively, the pick I would want to make anyways, because I love Nani. I loved everything about her in this episode. Glad she's back. Glad she's already thriving. Glad she's been thrown. Hey, you get the goat as your partner after some other partners fell by the wayside. Hey, your ride or die girlfriend isn't here, but actually, yep, she is back here again. Hey, you've got people in the house looking out for you. And hey, you're kicking ass. Daily challenge number one. Everything's turning up Nani in this episode. And I love, love, love it. Power rankings time. We've got to update the power rankings, and there is a lot, lot of movement in the power rankings coming out this week. So let's go from bottom to top again. Not rated this week. We've got Anissa and Jordan and Darrell and Veronica still not technically in the game. I know Jordan entered, but until Anissa is there too, and we know that they're both like going to be in the next daily challenge, which I don't 100% know that they are yet. I would assume they I don't know why they wouldn't be, but who knows? We only saw one of them, so I'm not rating them just quite yet. Plus, that'll help shake things up next week if everything else stays pat. So bottom to top, we've got 12 teams left. We lost two this week. We gained one back in Casey and Kenny. 12th place, Colleen and Kim. They fall down. They were in 11th before. They fall to the bottom of the list. The lie that was exposed last week hasn't been, you know, uh, they, they don't know quite yet. There was some interesting side note on that filled in they did have the second quarantine where they had the first quarantine when everyone got there this season for 10 days they start filming and then very quickly and immediately they had to do a second quarantine is why then Kenny and Casey are removed from the game but also then able to come back so quickly because the removal triggered the quarantine for 10 days and so then you know it wasn't like they were removed and like a day later they were allowed to rejoin they were allowed to rejoin you know, uh, basically like almost two weeks later, but in game time, it was only a couple days. Um, but during that time is believed to be when they were well, not believed they were, they got their phones back during that time. And it's believed that is when they had all met everyone. And that's when someone like a Fessy or Jack or anyone else is like, Oh, we've met Colleen. Now we know who she is. Let's look her up. Let's find out. And boom, you were on the mole. So side note, that's maybe possibly probably how that happened. 12th place, Colleen and Kim, 11th, Tommy and Annalise. They were 10th last week. They bumped down Johnny and Raven in 10. They were eight last week. They bumped down Jay and Michelle. The biggest drop of the week are now in ninth. They were in third before I thought they were sitting pretty turns out not, but of this, you know, rookie youthful alliance, I do think they're now going to kind of be the de facto leaders of it. So they're a little higher than some of the others, but they're still in ninth. Casey and Kenny square in the middle, not rated last week. They are now in eighth. Olivia and Horacio in seventh, moving up a little bit with that killer performance. Fessy and Mariah in sixth. My guy Fessy uh, does not make the swing this week. I was a little bummed out about that. Jokes will ensue, I'm sure. We can handle it here in the Team Fessy, Fessy Fan Club for life. His team is still sitting pretty. It seems like they're not going to be a target by anyone and be able to coast for a portion of this, as are Nelson and Norris, who are in fifth, and Laurel and Jack in fourth. And then in third, the biggest maybe jump up of this week, not maybe, it is Amber and Chauncey go from sixth to third this week. I just think they're going to be a powerhouse, and so far, Yes, they are kind of in alignment with that youth movement, 
but we haven't seen them get called out for that yet. I don't know when or if they will super soon. I like where they're sitting, and I just like how well they're going to be able to compete. They're in third. Top two stay the same. Nani Bananas second. Tori and Devin first. I think those four are now running the game and are the ones that have the best chances of winning dailies consistently, winning eliminations if they end up there. And if they make it to a final, if everyone right now ran a final, those are the two teams I'm picking to have the best shot to win it. So that is where the power rankings lay. As for predictions, have still not lost anyone from preseason predictions. Bananas, Nani, Michelle, Jay, Colleen, Kim, Tori, Devin, Chauncey, Amber, all 10 finalists that I predicted are still around. Two episodes in, we're doing good. Winner pick, Tori and Devin still around. My predictions for from last week, for this week, I went two out of three. I said a vet, vet, or a vet rookie pair where the vet is in control would win, and they would get back at the rookies. That occurred. I know they got back at Turbo, but this was, you know, they also went for that rookie alliance. So I think that's correct. I said Darrell and Veronica would be brought in. They were not. We got to wait another week. I said Nelson would fall in love. It was at least alluded to be that edited confessional. So I'm counting that as a win. As for predictions for next week, three of them. We will do three every single week. First one, most serious one. Laurel and Jack or Tori and Devin, one of those two teams, Laurel and Jack or Tori and Devin will win the daily challenge and it's rookie purge time all over again. All the rookie rookie teams are going in. If one of those two who I am predicting will one of those two win the daily challenge. Second prediction, Fessy will hook up. Mark my words. I don't know which which one of the women of the many possible women it seems like there's a chance he hooks up with this week or this week, this season. Um, but my man, my man's hooking up next week. That I'm just mark my words there. Third and final prediction then. Nelson has already fallen in love. So this time he's going to profess his love. Nelson is going to make a move on Olivia next week. That is the third and final prediction. And with that, we've covered it all. Episode two is in the books. So far, so good. So far, so great. Even I would say for this season. Today is also a monumental day. Uh, this is not a true spoiler, but uh, for those who stay away from all spoilers out there, know that the Challenge Global Tournament or whatever it ends up being called officially started filming or they left for filming today or yesterday. I don't know. I don't actually follow the spoilers so that I can stay away, but I, you know, today is basically the day I turned it off because I you know, try to follow the casting stuff and who the cast is. So if you're someone who wants to know, who is the more than likely cast of that or who at least left to go film that. Um, You can find that information out on the internet. And if you're careful, you can do it without finding out anything you don't want to know about season 38 or eventually as filming progresses on this new season about what's actually happening. I thankfully was able to thread that needle and find out, you know, get that cast list, have to, you know, ask a friend, hey, that's not afraid of spoilers. Hey, can you look into it for me? And then like send me just the cast list that doesn't tell me anything about maybe what happens this season or anywhere else that we've never seen before. And uh, that information is out. So it's a big day. Episode two in the books. The next season off to start filming. It looks like it's going to be great too. This season so far, so good, so great. 
loving all of it. Thank you, as I love you as well, for being here listening to this breakdown. Every single week, we will be back Wednesday nights, Thursday mornings with your Rider Dies again. The rewatch series, go get caught up on your binge. Anything season one through 20, if you haven't listened, if you haven't went back and rewatched, I know you can't rewatch all those seasons, but the ones that are available, go do so. Get caught up two Mondays from now. We dive into the next set of 10, the greatest stretch in challenge history. Rivals season 21 coming two Mondays from now. With that, I will talk to you next week, next Wednesday night. Until then, have a great weekend. Love you. Appreciate you. Peace.